You're listening to the Gulag Podcast with Narrow Minds and Jay Stuns. Hi, I'm Tommy. Hi, I'm Jay, and we're the Preschool Platoon. And you're listening to the Gulag Podcast. All right, boys and girls. Gulag Podcast. It is Thursday, 5 p.m. as promised. I hope you guys have your questions ready. We have the Gamer Doctor in the building. Jay Stuns is uh, temporarily unavailable due to service. He'll be back in a couple seconds. But... We have the gamer doctor, Dr. Eileen, who, uh, Dr. Eileen Augustine, who not only does she uh, fix me up because I'm a wreck probably at the beginning of every week after a whole week of gaming, sitting in this chair for so many hours, uh, which is comprised of editing and doing all this stuff uh, and gaming. But uh, Dr. Eileen is here today because, number one, we want you guys as gamers to uh, uh, to be able to... Uh, Keep yourself healthy in, in the, the age of COVID where some people can't even go to the gym. Some people, whoa, there's Jay Stuns. Hey, there you are. That's a lot better. A lot better than where you were. Uh, so Dr. Eileen is here for that. We're also going to get into today is the actual day for National Suicide Prevention for the month of uh, September, the 10th of September. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, mental mental health as far as gamers and uh the kind of stuff that, you know, we kind of put ourselves through uh, emotionally as a gamer because I think we we take people's comments into consideration when we're going through social media. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, and as well as any of your questions, if you have any questions, make sure you type it in chat and me and Jay Stuns will get to we'll get to those questions somewhere in the segment today. Um, but make sure if you have questions for Dr. Eileen, whether it be a. Uh, about something with your back, something's hurting you while you're gaming, write it in the chat and then we'll get to it. But Dr. Eileen, thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about, you know, the background, your the fact that we call you the gaming doctor because she is a gamer. She's not only a doctor, she's also a gamer. She's also a reverend. All right. Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I wear a lot of hats and, um, you know, thank you for having me on. And yes, I am a gamer and a boomer. So I guess that makes me a goomer. I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I really, you know, just love the idea of being able to come in and share a little bit, both about helping people find a way to, you know, improve the comfort with their gaming. Because I mean, we all know, you know, you're into it, you're doing it, you're, you know, you're getting there and all of a sudden that pain starts to creep up either in your back or maybe it's in your neck. And, you know, suddenly the game is not fun. And, you know, for those of us who game, we know that part of it is because it's fun. It's it's our passion. We enjoy it. And when pain becomes involved, then pain starts to get related to what it is that you're doing. And, you know, and that takes away from it. It takes away from the experience. And, um, you know, the idea that I am able to help and, you know, and I see a lot of different, you know, folks and oh, Luna. Yeah. This is my cat. And oh, she, she got a special, I, uh, special spotlight there. Well, when I do my YouTube videos, she always has to get in front of the camera. So if she sees me talking to anything with nobody else in the room, she assumes that I'm being, I'm filming and she needs to be involved in that. <laughs> so she, she's the, the gamer kitty. Yeah. She even gave but, her a little uh, speech right there. I like it. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, it really 
the gaming community is really, really diverse. And there's a lot of people who, you know, they're on every end of the spectrum as far as their health, as far as their wellness. But the thing is, discomfort should not take away from the joy of gaming. And I just want to help people be able to figure out how they can, you know, get the most out of their gaming and get the most out of their body and really work on feeling good about it. And part of another part of what I do is I help people figure out kind of how they can get the most out of life, how they can be balanced people who are very sensitive to the emotions of others. And, you know, like you were mentioning the fact that, you know, when people see get hate in the, you know, in the comments and stuff, one of the reasons why it hits some people so hard is because they're empathic. It's because they're able to pick up the emotions of other people. So that means if somebody is being judgy toward an empath, it immediately becomes them being judgy towards themselves. And for people who are sensitive to the emotions of others, it makes it that much harder to be able to let go of what it is, that emotional piece that's coming in, because it's it's total projection. And then their bodies respond. When, when we're not liking ourselves, our bodies respond to that. And so we're more prone to aches and pains and things like that. So I try to help people all the way across the, the spectrum. Now, now, Doc, you know, <clears throat> we talk about, uh, um, you know, today is the 10th. It's Suicide Prevention Month. Uh, unfortunately, we've had some some people in the uh, streaming world, uh, gaming world, take their lives, unfortunately, uh, due yeah. to this. Um, so I'm sure you, you, you know you've seen across the board because you also, you know, you help people that are sick. You help people that are, uh, uh, you know, going through things. I, you told me there's times that you have to sit with people and just, and just help them go through certain things. Uh, how, how much of that <clears throat> have you seen personally, or do you feel is connected to, to our little realm here of gamers and, and, uh, and streamers, you know, it, it takes an impact. I tell people it does. It's not the, like this, doing this like full time or doing this uh, almost seven days a week sitting here like me and Jay Stuns, we we work our butts off in between all the stuff he does because he has a lot of projects that he does. I have a lot of projects that I do. But, you know, I, I don't think people take they, they think that we sit in the chair and we play video games and, and then that's the end of it. And for some people, that's the truth. But then for the people who are yeah. serious and trying to take this as a career, it's a, it's a very difficult thing because, you know, um, emotionally you're, you, you're kind of all over the board with, with everything going on because it, it's hard for you, you know, cause not only that, but you know, people need to understand that public, this is a public figure thing. We are public figures as much as we don't like to believe it. Everybody sees us here live. We're live right now. We're public figures and, and it's hard to balance that. And I, and I see it in all these guys that are, you know, obviously more have been in it longer than we have there. There was that, <clears throat> there's pokey main who took a, a long break and still can't still doesn't feel like she can come back into streaming. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, uh, different issues that we face. And then we, sometimes we have to face them in the public eye, you know, and, and yeah. And put a smile on our face. I tell you, you know, we we're talking about that last week, smile, putting a smile on our face and, and, and pretending everything's good, even though stuff in the background might not be good. Yeah. And, you know, it really is because a lot of these folks are, you know, really on the younger side. They're in their 20s, you know, mid 20s, early 20s in some cases, you know, and the fact that 
in, you know, like, you know, with my generation, if something came up, it was like face to face. There wasn't the high level of anonymous, you know, type of attacks that go on because people are empowered when, you know, nobody can see them. If they were to have to say the exact same thing up in somebody's face, they probably wouldn't. But the anonymity of the internet allows people to really, you know, tap into that, you know, that that lack of humanity on their own part. And, you know, the judgment comes out. And like I said, it's like, you know, it's body, mind and spirit. And if if your body is reacting to something, there's a good chance it's because there's something either in your heart that's hurting something, you know, something that's gotten in your head because it, it just seems like this whole the whole trolling, you know, paradigm is about getting into somebody's head. And for some reason, others, you know, find a way because they're not satisfied with their lives. They have to pick at somebody else. They've got to try to pull somebody else down. And I mean, you know, it, it really is heartbreaking because, you know, and also I find that, you know, in a lot of cases, people who, you know, gamers and, and people who do, you know, social media and focus on it, it's, it's like, well, you know, you're playing at that. And I really think that's a huge disservice because it diminishes the tremendously hard work that people go through just to do this every single day. I mean, you know, if, if somebody said it's like, okay, you're going to work a job and you're going to work it every single day for years. And, you know, it it's just, and you have to keep at that level. And even when you're not feeling good, there's that thing that comes in where it's like, nope, I got to get up there and, you know, and I've got to, I've got to, you know, put it out there. But what's going out there is in direct contradiction with what you're feeling inside. And that can really wear on people. And I mean, quite honestly, you know, there, there is a level of disrespect, I think, for, you know, the folks who do this. And when you get so much disrespect, you know, it turns inward. And fortunately for some, it's like, you know, they can't talk about it to somebody because there's that total dismissive thing. Well, well you don't have real problems. You just play games for a living. And, you know, it's like when I tell my peers, it's like, yep, I'm, I'm a gamer. I enjoy games. Why? You know, that's and there's this immediate dismissive nature. I think gamers are probably the most amazing people on the planet because they do. You know, when you see somebody who's really doing something they love, something they're passionate about. And, you know, considering the fact that so many people are a part of this and, you know, and they bring their problems and it's a way for them to set their problems aside for just a little bit. And for that, you know, because, you know, we, even with, you know, COVID-19, we're now in a very much separated community. And so the main contact people have is through the internet. And, you know, it just really hurts me that people aren't able to get the help they need, or at least to find the help they need in order to be able to be able to move through some of the things, because I mean, you know, they're worth, everybody's a worthwhile person. People don't often realize just how vital they are. They don't realize that they are the only them in the universe, in all of the universe. They are the only them that has ever existed or will ever exist, which makes them precious. It makes them you know, crucial. If you didn't need to be here, you wouldn't be here. So because you're here, you're needed. And, you know, it's like 
people to, you know, maybe every once in a while, they'd like to hear somebody say, I'm proud of you. Maybe they don't get that so much. Maybe it's like, well, you know, yeah, gamer, being a gamer is nice, but you should get a nine to five job or, you know, you should get a real job. And, you know, it tears because everybody wants to feel like, you know, their people are proud of them. When people do not have that, it just, it, it tears away at the inside of a person. I, and I, and I feel like the only reason that they'd be proud of you is when they see how many uh, zeros come at the end of your checks. That's the only reason yeah. they're not, they're not proud of you about the, all the work you put in beforehand, all the work and, and all the sacrifices you make beforehand. They only see that later on, you know, when we, they do our, our, like our little stories, our little biographies about us, all of us individually as gamers is, oh yeah, or, or streamers or whatever it is. Cause you know, honestly, me and Jay, we shouldn't even be called like just gamers or streamers. We're, we're actually doing more than that. This is a podcast. We're literally being broadcasted. Yeah. Through so many different, you can listen to us anywhere in the world now. That's how that's how much mm -hmm. this podcast in sh such a short amount of time has been able to grow. Is that we were we're in all the big markets, and you can listen to us anytime. But it, it you know, for for people to understand, it doesn't matter how many zeros are, are in your are in your uh, paycheck. It matters is if you're happy doing whatever it is that you want to do. I could give yeah, a shit yeah. if you get paid $15 an hour or $12 an hour. If you're happy making sandwiches at Subway, then go do it. I'm not going to knock you for it because I need someone to make me some good sandwiches at Subway. <laughs> I'm not going to knock you for it if that's what you're happy to do. That's why if people were not happy to do their jobs and, and, you know, and you're stubborn and you're just doing a job because, oh, the pay looks great, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. You're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And there's no reaping the rewards later because you're just going to you're going to kill yourself trying to do something that you're not happy doing. You're stressed out about all the time. And, you know, you take it home when you get off work, you take it home to your family or your loved ones or whatever. And then you cause a bigger problem over there instead of doing. Yeah. You know what? When I started off streaming, I wasn't making jack and I was still working a, a, a full time job. And I was mm -hmm. and, and I, I was stretching it thin. Time was thin. Sleep was very thin during those times um but you know now i've been i don't want to say blessed or cursed because you know what my condition is too <laughs> but i've been either blessed or cursed with this condition that i have now and and i'm dealing with it accordingly and still not stopping obviously i could be laying on the bed and saying you know what you know screw the world i'll just be sit here and, and feel sorry for myself but i'm not doing that I'm sitting here doing this every day because this is what i love to do so yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, but what are, what, you what are some uh, steps that people can take to help themselves like mentally uh, keep themselves like in balance in, in a situation like this because of COVID? Some people can't go seek help because uh, a lot of doctors are having a hard time trying to keep up with the patients that they that they haven't seen from March, yeah. April. What are things like mentally that we could do as gamers and streamers that that could help them? kind of cope with all the stress and all the anxiety and all the the fear that is going on right now okay um that is a great question because like you said you know the the ability to just go and see somebody is very different now than it was at the beginning of the year so the idea of what does that person need right now and what i would say the first thing is 
You know, you can't, you can't deal with a problem unless you acknowledge that there is a problem. And sometimes that is the hardest thing for us to do is that to acknowledge we're not okay because we live in a society where, oh no, if you're not okay, there's something wrong with you. You are less of a person, you're weak. And so being able to move past that, if you can find even one person that you can talk to and just look them in dead in the face and say, I'm not okay. And have that person be able to go, okay, let's, let's do something about this, but to treat it seriously, not, you know, and, and it's not up to them to fix the problem. It is up to the, you know, it's up to the individual, but being able to have, start creating a support team, create those few friends who you know are going to be able to, you know, not freak out, not, you know, not decide that they're Dr. Phil, but who will listen to you. Because I think one of the biggest things is people are not listened to. They don't feel like they're listened to. And it may be because they don't feel safe talking. And maybe they're carrying around some stuff that is really, really heavy and really, really hard inside of them. And they need to be able to find somebody who is safe, who is able to go, okay, I can hear what you're saying and just, you know, not try to change anything. Another thing that I would recommend since, you know, if you can't get into like, you know, to see somebody forums, actually, you know, you can find forums that are dedicated to certain, you know, issues because, you know, there's a, a really big spectrum of things that can trigger people. You know, one is, you know, depression. It may be that they have, you know, like maybe some form of OCD that keeps them from feeling like they can connect with, with the people around them. Uh, maybe they have, you know, conditions that become an issue with social interaction where they don't take social cues. And sometimes people don't even realize that, you know, there is a reason why they feel awful. There's a reason why they don't feel like they can talk to people. And the fact that, you know, that isolation that we're all in only intensifies that because then you're only listening to that voice in your head that is, you know, just really being very critical. Um, another thing is to, you know, be able to utilize the internet. I mean, we have the collective knowledge of the planet that is on here and it is, you know, being able to do some research. If you don't know how to do research or if you don't know what to research, Find somebody else who can go, oh, okay, let's research that. You can just type in what you're feeling and it will actually, you know, give you guidance on what you might be dealing with. Um, ultimately, it's always best to be able to seek a professional. And, and you know, if people have particular spiritual uh, paths that they follow, um, I've worked with people who are, you know, indigenous traditions. I've done a lot of work with indigenous traditions from around the world. So the idea of connecting, because sometimes for people, they need to be able to connect to something. And in some cases, maybe that's their heritage. Maybe it's their, you know, or the, the traditions that they would like to embrace. Maybe they weren't born Native American, but they really feel comforted by Native American tradition. So that means that you find somebody who can be able to kind of guide you through that pathway and say, okay, if this is the way that works for you, if this is your doorway, we can open that doorway for you. But it's really very much about overcoming the, the desire to protect yourself and keep quiet and, and stay solitary. Yeah, you know, I, I just, I beg each person, find one 
person that you can talk to. Find one person that you know, maybe it's it's at your absolute best buddy who you've been friends with for years. And actually, in some cases, it's I've had people who were total strangers just walk up to me and, you know, start up a conversation. And the next thing you know, we're going through some really heavy stuff that they're experiencing. And you know, be, by being able to connect with someone who can be able to give you other ideas than the one that's starting to build up, because it, you know, once you start down that downward spiral, people end up going for a temp a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And, you know, it's, it's important for people to understand that what they're feeling, they're feeling in this moment. And tomorrow may be a different feeling. And if you've had this feeling for a really long time, then, you know, you can be still be able to do it. It doesn't matter. Everything starts day one, moment one, when you decide that you want something to change. That's that's day one. It doesn't matter how long that it's been going on. It can be worked with. It can be addressed. And for people who are accustomed to, you know, like, you know, the streamers and, you know, people who are accustomed to really interacting a lot. And in fact, they're usually the ones who hold the most back. People who stream, people who do podcasts and stuff, often they're the ones who are carrying stuff inside of them that they won't share with anyone. And, you know, that's why a lot of them end up, yeah, I, I, I see a hand, you know. I mean, people don't know what's going on inside you. People don't know, you know, the struggles. And maybe it's just everything you can do to get out of bed that morning. Maybe it's everything you can do not to get back into it. and. You know, that's the beauty of people who stream, people who game, is even if there's nothing else, if the game gets you out of bed, if the game gets you out of the thought process you're in, then it's a good thing. Then it's a helpful thing. You know, it's like, it's an well, it's an escape. Well, if your life is sucking that much, an escape is a good thing. And it also affords people the opportunity to find a community of people that you know that they can relate to but you know it's it's that isolation it's that feeling of of loneliness it's that feeling of no one is going to understand this anyway and maybe most people won't but you can find someone who does and you know that was like one of my big things about me when i started to put things out and put out videos and stuff like that the main thing is i wanted people to understand that they're not alone that there is somebody who cares? And I don't care if I don't know you. I care about you because I know how valuable you are, even if you don't know that yourself. And nothing makes me happier than helping somebody realize exactly how vital they are in this world. You know, Jay raises his hand, but this is the guy that when something's wrong, he's there for everybody. I, I'm not going to lie. This guy raises his hand. He is the guy, if someone has a problem, and Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, that they can that they, they, they go to you a hundred percent. Yep. So yeah. I mean he raises his hand and well, you know no, I, I raise I raise my hand to her saying like not everybody knows everything about me because I don't open up. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. But this is the guy that, that when when stuff is going on in people's lives that are you know, in our streaming group. We have a we have a pretty large streaming group uh, within Discord and Twitch, but man, when people have problems, I know Jay Jay's gonna be there for them. 
I and and I yeah, try I'm, to be I'm there in for so them many too. communities. I'm in so many communities that it just it, all it takes is for somebody to post up, "Hey, I'm having a bad day," and I'll throw a DM up and be like, you know, listen, like, you know, what's going on? And I want to having a half hour conversation with the person, and you know, they'll we'll get in some some deep stuff, and at the end, they'll you know they'll tell me that uh, they feel better, or it could be somebody that's new to streaming asking a question about how to do something, and I'll be like, yeah, I got this, or. You know, it just setting up panels for it. it just, it's just, it's something. It's, it's how I've always said. I don't care about myself as much as I care about others. So if somebody needs help, I'm going to help them no matter what I feel or think. It's just, it's how I cope with what I'm going through by helping others. So it's like a coping yeah. mechanism for you, then, yeah. right? Okay. You know, people who are very, very easily attuned to what other people are going through. It's like, you know, you can just see somebody's message and know it's like, hey, there's a deeper story here. And that's really cool that you're able to do that. And it shows a level of sensitivity that once you connect, that you're in there with them on it. And that means the world to people. And, you know, that also means that you need to be able to have that support. You need to be able to, because people, especially people who are empathic, people who are sensitive to the feelings of others. And you don't have to be like with someone. You can just read their posts and be able to make a connection. Yeah. And that when that happens, it's like you are, t you're, you know, becoming a part of their solution, but you're also taking a part of their problem onto yourself. Yeah. And sometimes it can get hard to separate that. And people who are really sensitive have a tendency to be, to do that for other people as a coping mechanism, because it means I don't have to deal with me because I'm dealing with them and them being okay helps me be okay. Right. And you know, that's, that's, it, it, it's very, very common and it's cool. And at the same time, it's, it's also really, really important for you to realize how important you are and how, I mean, even if, even if you, you never said anything to anybody, you're still vital. You are a vital part of this universe. And, you know, that's, and because of what you do makes you that much more important, but that's not the only reason you're important. You know, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's, it's kind of the reason why I started streaming in the first place was like, I would have probably a, one of the worst days ever at work and I would come home and I would see, you know, people streaming on Mixer or on Twitch and just be like, you know, they're not doing anything special to make somebody feel special. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start streaming. What I'm going to do, my main goal will be if somebody comes in who's like me, who's having a bad day, who's just down in the dumps, thinking everything can't get any better for them. And who knows, maybe they turn on my channel, they see me act like a complete fool or an idiot, and it makes them laugh and it makes them feel better than that is worth it to me because they were down at the dumps, but maybe, you know, maybe I'm playing Call of Duty and instead of pulling my parachute, I splat and break my legs and just go all over the place or whatever. Which is common. And it, true. And, <laughs> you know, it makes them laugh and, you know, they feel better about the day that they had. Then that was, that was the whole point of me starting streaming. And I lost vision of that about halfway through. And it took a lot for me to be like, you know what? I, I got to go back to where I was. And that's why like everything I do now is just, you know, creating YouTube videos, holding custom sign on cards for people. Just it's it's just my way of making sure other people 
are having fun and just not being stuck in that rut of having a bad day. And I mean, I took Jay on yeah. this, I took Jay on this adventure right here of po- this podcast because this the whole reason that that this podcast was was even made was to help people in this realm. In the, this is we're not you know as much as people don't want to believe it, being a streamer, being a gamer, you're in a whole different realm because people watch you. You, you don't you know when I would go to TwitchCon, people say hi to me and be like, oh, I see your stream, and I'm have no idea sometimes who these people are, you know, and, and, and it's, and it's a thing where you're like, I, like we, we've talked about in the last podcast with, with Nessa and, 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 uh, and Becca, like literally we spend more time. I spend more time with Jay Stuns and Becca and Nessa and all these people on that I stream with than than anybody else. Like, like re- realistically, because a lot of our, our stuff that we do is based around right here, what we're doing right now, streaming and, and being on this podcast, and and then after this, I'm gonna have to edit this whole thing and and re put it up on on Spotify. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. When you see those those vlogs of us, like being on being that vlog of me in the middle of the night, still editing, still editing a a, yeah. <laughs> a podcast. That's it's a hundred percent true, and it's and and it's a hard world. This uh, you know I I said months back before the pandemic even happened. It was like. December or January, this road to streaming and being a streamer and trying to be a full time streamer is one of the most loneliest roads that you could ever ever go. It's it's like it's like being an entrepreneur. You're you're going up this road. It's dark. It's cold. It's lonely. I mean, and there's a bright there's a bright side once you get to the top of the hill, but it, it is a dark and cold, lonely road when you're doing this. Yeah, you know it. It really is and the fact that you know there there are those elements of it i mean everything has light and shadow and there are the elements within it that are people who just seem to get into it just to take out their aggravations on other people or to you know get other people all wound up and you know it's like probably the vast majority of the community are people who just love to go in and love to game and you know and and like jay like you know just want to support each other just want to help each other out and you know it really is sad because one person coming in who just like just wants to mess with people can push somebody to the point where it's like you know they lose any joy in it and you know and i'm sure you know you spend a lot of time like you know catching folks like that it's like okay you're done you know you don't need to be here anymore and you know i mean it just confuses me why anybody would waste their time on that why 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 spend the precious amount of time that we have in this world and on this earth? Because, you know, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And whatever precious time we have, you want to waste it on, you know, being negative when you could help somebody out, when you could when you could get that wonderful feeling of somebody saying, hey, you were there when I needed you. Or, you know, what you said really, really hit me. And, you know, when you have the ability and, you know, and I know both of you do this is that you know you you are able to gauge how much how, how much to break it down whether or not you know you're the the brother or the drill sergeant you know do they need a kick in the butt or do they need you know do they need someone to just say hey man you're going to be okay you know hey it's going to be all right and you know that can mean the world to people and when for people who can instinctively understand what somebody else needs 
what they need to hear and the approach that they need. Because sometimes people do need it. It's like, all right, hey, hey, calm down. You're going to be okay. Uh, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's throw all the way that other stuff out. But sometimes people just need to be held. They just need to, you know, have somebody saying, you know what, I'm sorry you're going through what you're going through. But you know what, it's, it's, it's going to, there's a better day that's coming. And I can help you. I'll help you figure that out. I'm here with you. And, you know, this, I can't think of a way to do that better than by streaming and by podcasting. And, and, you know, and even because it's like, you know, listening to the banter, like during the gaming, you know, and it's like, it goes from like, ah, man, you suck to, you know, hey, come on. That was, that was, you know, you almost had it. Come on, we can do this. Yeah. And, and, you, you know, know and that, the, the banter turns pretty <laughs> toxic too, though. On, on mostly, mostly, on, mostly on his end, though. Mostly on Nero's end, though. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I go, I go into verbalities, but they're they're my yeah. own little. I don't like speak them out to anybody. I go on my own little, like rant and, and verbality. On, on the flip side of everything, too, when it comes to with helping with people, is you get the people that don't know what's going on and decide to label you as a white knight or a simp. You know, they have no idea what's going on, and you know, just you're you're there to, strictly as a friend to help somebody, and automatically that makes you a simp or you know, the people that you do feel you can trust and they betray you in ways that you wouldn't even picture them doing. But because we've become so close to friends on the Internet, you don't see that happening. And I, I, I tell everybody that if I'm friends with you on the Internet in real life, doesn't really matter. I consider you a friend. That's it. And to me, friends are family. So I don't expect people I consider friends to do some of the things that have been done to me. Um, mm -hmm. Those people I've kind of cut out but um there are people several people that i still will and do anything for they know who they are and you know i have been called a white knight in the same more times than i can count strictly for helping somebody with a simple command you know or you know i'm a moderator in their chat and somebody comes in and starts you know bashing them and just calling them things that i i, I couldn't even imagine calling somebody else and i banned them and oh why'd you ban them you know blah 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 you're such a white knight. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's my job yeah. to protect the streamer, and you're attacking her. Why am I going to allow you to do that? So you bet your ass I'm gonna ban you. It's just, it's just the way it works. Like, don't even come at me and say all this stuff when you're gonna sit there and act like a fool because I'll just get rid of you even quicker. So, but yeah, everybody know. knows me. If you come in a channel that I'm in or moderating to troll, ooh, I'm gonna eat you for breakfast. You do not I'm, want to I'm, me. <laughs> I will fight right back. I, I'm uh, me and Jay are just as bad. Like, me and him together, it's it's a bad combo in that in that chat room. It, believe it's me. So bad. Like they will come in and say one thing and then you know, then they'll be like, Oh, well, well you're fat. Okay, well, I'm obviously not trying to hide it. So congratulations, you're you can see the obvious. Or, you know, they'll just come out with something and just like I will give some of them are very creative with what they do, but others are just so be like, oh uh your your mom's a prostitute. Okay. I've heard that about a thousand times. What else are you going to do? Oh, well, you're a bitch. Okay. I heard a 90-year-old lady down the street say something worse. Keep coming. There's, there's no way to literally hurt me anymore when it comes to trying to attack me. The last time I was hurt by somebody attempting to attack me while streaming was some random popped into one of my streams and then sent me a whisper saying that uh, because I had mentioned something about my sister passing away, they were like, oh, well, there's no reason why your sister's dead because you're her brother. 
That was the last time I was ever hurt. And from then on, I was like, uh, uh-uh, not happening. So yeah, I've, you know, I've been hurt by people. I consider friends doing messed up things to me, mm-hmm. but you know, that's coming from a, uh, coming from a friend. You don't expect a friend to hurt you like that. You know, whether it's just like, you know, saying things strictly behind your back or just saying, sending you messages that just trying to get under your skin, it's not going to work. But by people I do not know, you can never hurt me again. I don't care who you are. If I don't know you, you can come in and say, I hope, you you know, you get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't care. I don't know you. Your opinion literally means nothing to me. You have no impact on my life, so you can literally come at me with the worst things you want to come at with, you know, just whatever. I'm not going to care. But if you're a friend of mine and you say something like that, it's going to hurt me, and then I'm going to pissed off, and then it's going to come out even worse when I go back at you. So, yeah. Well, I'm sorry about your sister. And I lost my brother in January, and, you know, I'd already lost both my parents and my sister, and it's just me and my younger brother left. But, um, I know how bad that can be and, and it just that somebody would use that. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, there's there's no reason. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Right here? No. In this world? No. I'm not surprised yeah, at I, half the stuff that, that people say. Like, you know, um, and well, and, you know, reaches that point when it's just the stupidity. It's like, really, is this the hill you want to die on? Is this really, you know, because I'm about to take you apart and um i really will not feel bad about it yeah i i generally like to try to be compassionate but there's a point when you know i just reach it's like okay so i'm all i'm fresh out of nice today so i'm about to ruin you and um you brought it on yourself (laughs) and you know but it it really is you realizing the how messed up that person is because when they they get off that stream when they walk away when they turn off that computer they are stuck in that little hellish world all by themselves and they're stuck there with an obnoxious person which is them you know it, it's just really is you know and mm. there's always the folks who are the kind ones there's always the folks who you know hey that's not right and you know it's like i i'm just waiting for simp to be done because it's like okay it was never it, it, it was amusing for a while but now it's overused and oh, you know well, that, I, people don't even know what it means i know <laughs> that's the thing it's, it's like, like what was it we were i was in emily's chat the other day and some guy was in her chat and goes oh that guy's a simp because he let you kill him in call of duty i'm like he didn't let her kill him. She picked up a gun and shot him in the face. But he's a simp because he allowed her to kill him. Okay. Well, no, it's because these kids, and I'm going to say kids because there's a lot of them that are here, uh-huh. have no idea. Don't take the time to look. It's just like it's just like these kids who use the N-word and don't even have any idea what it means. Has no idea oh, what yeah. the what the term means. Has not looked it up it's in the dictionary. A rap song, right? Girl. What are you talking about? It doesn't even it doesn't even determine anybody's color. All right, it doesn't even determine anybody's color. It determines that the person is a slave or stupid or dumber than they are. That is the official definition of what that n word means. And you guys use it and try to try to sh- shoot it towards people of color or whatever, not realizing that you are the one that's less smart than the person that you're talking to. And you're the dumbass, right? 
But see, that's the thing. Simp, that word, they overuse it. They oversaturate it in here. They they get it in here and, 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 and it's become, you know, and yeah, the N-word, yeah, that's definitely bannable. Like there's no even, there's not even any kind of, any kind of reason to even use that word, especially with that ER at the end of it. But simp yeah. is something that people need to understand what it is. And Jay brought it up last week, even gave us an example of what a simp actually is. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of our other guests' name was used in that sentence. Not her full funnily name, enough. mind you, funnily enough, but uh, as a as a uh, example sentence, her name was used in that. So, uh, but, you know, the the way it's a double standard here on on this these platforms it is especially on twitch it's a double standard of us some people we you know you get banned for certain things you say certain things you know but but for some people you're talking about things that that really matter with the times now because these times the times that we're in 2020 as jay says he can't wait for it to end i'm I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, but in the internet age as a whole, we have a double standard now. We're we're stopping people from talking about certain things that back in the day, what, what we were discussing about before we got on air about going to like MySpace or whatever. You should be you were able to talk about anything on MySpace, right? You were able to talk about anything because it was your opinion. It was your First Amendment right to say what you wanted, and that's the thing is is it's your opinion. And as as Jay was saying, I mean, for me, only one opinion counts, and that's mine, right? It well, it is because like if I took it, if I took all these people's opinions, and if if everybody thought like this, then they could say whatever they wanted on the internet. But everybody takes everything personally, and they take their everybody's opinion with a big grain of not even a little grain of salt, like Himalayan salt. Just that's how much of uh, uh, they take of the opinion. You know, if everybody would just say, would just think, hey, you know what? And I, I've said it to people right in their face. Your opinion doesn't fucking matter. Simple. It's simple. I don't care if you're the CEO of a company. I don't care if you're the, uh, you're the mayor of a town. If your opinion, you know, your opinion has no effect on whether I'm going to do something or not going to do something. And that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, you know, they're doing all this political banter back and forth. But at the end of the day, none of your opinions really matter. It's not going to matter because people are going to do what they want to do anyway. But we had this. It's ahead, funny because like I'm looking at like when it comes to the whole Internet tough guy thing or the keyboard warriors. Like if you remember in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, it was all because that they were getting a movie done and they hated the movie. People were writing horrible reviews about it. But when they finally caught up to the guy that sold the idea for the film, they got paid. And what they spend the money on? They tracked down every single person and left a negative comment, went to the house and beat the shit out of them. That's what I want to do. So anybody that trolls any channel I mod for, if I could find your address, I will come to your house and beat the living shit out of you. All right? That's, that's where we're at right now because I'm so sick of people just attacking people for no reason that if I have the capability of doing it, I will track down your address come to your house and beat the shit out of you just like Jay and Silent Bob. And I will have a friend with me so we can even pull off the whole Jay and Silent Bob thing. All right? Trench coats and all. So, yeah. It, it, it'll have, I have a leather trench coat, dude. Don't mess with me. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, but but see, the, the thing is, is like people, like for me, like, I don't know. I think, I think 
my dude Gary V has just gotten way too far into my head because I don't give a fuck about people's opinions. I started this podcast. People were telling me it's never going to work out. Well, motherfucker, I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. We can be heard all over the world at any time. And you can download this. Like, uh, so I'm sorry. What were your opinions out about now? Where, where, where did your opinions matter? It didn't matter one fucking bit because I didn't pay attention. If I had, I paid attention to your opinion, this would never exist. And the Spotify and all that shit would have never existed. But that's why I'm saying I pay two cents. I don't give a fuck about your two cents. I have my opinions in my head and I'm going to go with my opinions and my opinions from my in my part are right and if you know whether i win or lose guess who's whose battle it was mine because you guys had no fucking part in it i'm the one you know, social media I mean, too. Yeah. social media has been such a negative thing like i know like everybody loves twitter and twitch and instagram and snapchat but social media has been the cause of so many deaths it has. Because I, I know when I was in high school, I was bullied a lot. I went through a lot of shit. I lost two friends that had to take their own lives, took their own lives. And it, it was a very trying time for me. I'm not going to lie. I was at the point there myself in high school. Thank God. Fa uh, not Facebook. MySpace was not where it was back then. Because mm -hmm. when you start seeing people literally commenting pictures on MySpace of Oh, kill yourself and throwing up these pictures or leaving, you know, making all these meme. Well, now they are meme photos of people in awkward positions or doing awkward things or whatever and spreading it around or, you know, the cruelty of even back in the day, like the pantsing, the whole pantsing thing. When you were in elementary school, you go behind a person, yank his pants down, everybody gets a laugh at it. You know, doing stuff like that, taking a picture and spreading that around, that'll mess with somebody's psyche too. And it's just, it's so social media has been responsible for so much shit between yeah. MySpace, Facebook, you know, even camera phones that are the worst invention ever. I love them because you can capture your moment in the blink of an eye, but they, how many videos have come out causing so much shit because somebody had a camera phone on them and recording, recorded a video of anything. It only clipped yeah. half of it. That's right. A, that's, it could have been. It could have been. Could even have been a fight. You know, you could be standing outside your school and there's a big ass fight, and a, a kid gets brutalized, jumped by like five people, and brutalized, blood all over the place, and you videotape it, you spread it all over the internet. Like it, it just it doesn't belong, and it's like, I mean, I love parts of social media, but Doc, we get into the downfall of this country, man. Doc, in the, yeah. in, the, in, the, in this day and age, right? Uh, when I was growing up. And if you want to know how far back that was, that was in the 80s <laughs> into the 90s. 1962. Oh, so long. Right? It is. It's been a long time. Uh, when we were growing up, like, bullying was in a different form, right? Because we didn't have social media. But we took care of the bully my, ourselves. Because it was easy. Yeah. We went out in the, in the basketball courts. I remember this. I was at a Catholic school back then, by the way. For, oh, yeah. uh, fourth grade. Jeremy. I remember the kid's name, too. Jeremy. This guy was <laughs> bigger than me, and he thought he would bully me. And I beat the dog. I had to go to the principal's office. I remember my mom showed up. I had blood on my shirt because I beat the dog living crap out of him. But that's the way we settled it. I was. I didn't cry. I didn't sit there and tell my mom that this this was happening to me. 
Doc, what has happened in those years of, of where we were when we were growing up? You said something, you did something, you bullied me. I only took it so much, and then that was it. You got your ass beat, or or the bully got his ass beat, and then that was the end of the story. And then we moved on from there. What happened from that to now, because of the age of social media, what do you think happened to now where everybody is, 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 is uh, this bullying thing has gone to where it is, and kids don't know how to handle the bullying like it you know back in the day it was it's it was a simple fight that was it we proved yeah. who the who the bigger man was shook hands at the end of it and you know we we went on with our day i i went through the rest of the school year with no with no issues maybe when you were younger but it, you know as it got older when if you want to fight and you lost that fight it came back at you 50 times worse after what do you mean it wouldn't yeah. stop yeah, and the thing is, is that, you know, first off, most of those fights rarely resulted in, like, serious injury. And there was a certain mindset, you know, like, among the parents. When I grew up, it was like, okay, don't fight in school, but if you have to fight, win. And, you know, that was the mindset that we grew up with. You know, my one of my sons was having an issue with a bully. And so I sat down, we talked about it. I said, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to fight back. I said, so fight back. Well, the teacher won't let me. And so, you know, there was this whole thing. No, we need to teach them to be, you know, gentle. So I marched my son to the principal's office. I looked the principal dead in the eye and said, he's going to be in here for fighting. And I want you to understand that I am telling him your system has failed him. So he will defend himself. He has my permission to defend himself. You do not take it up with him. You take it up with me. You take it up. You know, I don't want his teacher talking to him about it because if he's out on that playground, if you are not protecting him, he will protect himself. And he got into like three different fights with bullies that day. And, you know, it's like one of them he lost, two of them he won. But that whole idea that, you know, there's like cause and effect. And, you know, when people pushed at you or bullied you or, or came at you in school, well, the immediate effect was, hey, I'm going to push back. We're going to settle this. But with social media, it's I'm not going to go back to you. I'm going to go and try to ruin you on social media. I'm not going to settle this between us because it's that whole idea that the bully needs an audience. And social media has provided one of the largest audiences on the planet for somebody to come in. And even if like, you know, cause you see somebody will put out a comment and then a whole bunch of other people, you know, like just jump on that person. They're still getting the attention that they want. And, you know, and there's another side to this that, you know, it's, it's like the well-intentioned bully because these are the people in our lives who, and, and they may actually love us. They may care about us, but we'll do those little things like, well, do you really want to waste your time with that? Do you really want to waste your life with that? And that makes it so much harder because you're facing a bully that you have a relationship with. And Jay, like you were talking about like friends, mm. you know, and you know, it's like, well, I'm your friend. So I'm going to tell you the truth. It's like, no, you're my friend. So why don't you shut your pie hole until, you know, I'm ready to hear what you have to say. You know, don't just come at me with something. And, you know, and it's like that in some ways I think can do actually more damage than just a regular troll who, you know, kind of comes at you. But like you said, you know, when somebody is your friend, when somebody's close to you, when they know your vulnerable places and, you know, they decide, well, I'm going to do tough love with this person. And, you know, and that can be, people don't realize how much they can damage the people close to them. 
and how deep that damage can go. And then, you know, it's like, well, it's either, well, I was just kidding or, well, I was only saying it because I care, but neither one of those make a difference. And especially for people who are want to dedicate their lives to being streamers, who want, who want to build something, who want to build, you know, to have it be their business, have it be their career. And, you know, to hear from someone who, you know, you care about, it's like, well, you know, you're really kind of wasting your time or, you know, just, just whatever, you know, the, the little petty things that can be said that people don't realize, or they'll tell a joke. It's like, that joke wasn't funny, you know? And in fact, oddly enough, you know, this morning I had a friend call me up. First thing out of her mouth was, well, I'm going to kill myself. And I said, that's not funny. And she's like, well, I mean, I mean, I said, no, if you're telling me this, that's not funny. I don't care. And this is somebody who I've known for like over 40 years. It's like, I don't want to hear it, you know, especially not today. Today is about people recognizing, you know, and so that idea that people often don't realize the impact of their words, especially with people who they feel they're familiar with. and. You know, and that that can be harder to deal with than the schoolyard bully, because that's someone who's in your life and how you manage that. And it's like, you know, having boundaries and, you know, for years they've talked about it's like, okay, you got to have good boundaries. But that is so hard to have and maintain, because once you build the boundary, you got to be able to maintain it. And it's really easy for someone to get by it because you're emotionally attached, because there's a part of you that doesn't want to believe that that person would be hurtful. And, you know, it, it's, it's really vital for people to understand how important support can be, how important, you know, having what you feel, whether they agree with what you feel or not, but to have it validated is like, well, I don't understand why you feel you, the way you do, but I'd like to try. I mean, that can build so much because a person can be able to express themselves. And really, I think it just comes down so much to people being listened to, for people to be able to say what they need to say and be heard and not have the person talking to them. It's like you can almost see that they're not listening to you because they're figuring out the first thing they're going to say as soon as your mouth stops moving. And, you know, in situations where especially like new gamers, you know, I've had um, I do community plays and a lot of them are with young people who I absolutely love hanging out with because as soon as they find out I'm a gamer, it's like, really, really? And they kept trying to talk me into playing Fortnite. And I said, no. And they're like, well, why? I said, because I don't need a 12 year old telling me he had sex with my mother. And, you know, and I, I am not a good, you know, I'm, I'm, I love the game. That doesn't mean I'm good at it. But I, I just really love playing. And, you know, that idea that, you know, it's it's like, you don't need to tell me I suck. I know I suck. And, you know, if, if you're if, if your whole purpose for being in this game is to just let other people know how bad they are. Where is your enjoyment? You're not getting an enjoyment. You're not here for the right reason. And, yeah, you know, it, it's just and, and really, you know, like you said about, you know, the fact that so the impact of social media has made it so easy to be a jerk anonymously. And there is, you know, because when you were a jerk face to face, you know, you might get pepper spray in the eyes, you might get punched. But when you're a jerk where there are no consequences, it 
can in some people it can bring out that worst part of themselves their self-loathing becomes what they express yeah it's it's, it's really hard like you know because i hear so many people uh i was watching those 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 videos about those kids who just because of facebook uh getting bullied on facebook whatever it be about whether it be about their sexual orientation and i mean this this is stuff when we were in high school like you know jokes are jokes we we did our own little you know thing there and and you know mind you back when i was in high school things were not as open as they are now i you know in in some way shape or form we everything was just kind of hidden or whatever and and if you were a different sexual orientation never really spoke about it and uh, but you know I was towards the end when when Facebook, you know, YouTube st- or uh, well, yeah, YouTube, Facebook. That's when all the technology started happening is after I, I got out of high school. You know what? It, it's just so different now. The bullying on, on like Facebook is causing kids to take their own lives. Uh, and, it, and it's such a tragedy. Like what? Like what steps? Like if people have like kids, brothers or sisters, what steps could they take to? To help them, the younger audience, obviously that 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 uh, are really affected by by what is being said about them, and you know, obviously when, when we're younger, we don't understand that that we should take everybody's words with a grain of salt because you're trying. There's a popularity contest when you're at school, and when you're and when your peers are sitting there bullying you and bullying you and bullying you on social media, uh, you know what what's what steps or what things should they say to the to their younger uh, brothers, sisters, or daughters, or what, or or sons that that can help them cope through this because it's not an easy thing. I I can't give them the Gary Vee speech when they're that young. I mean, I could, but how effective is it going to be? Because words do hurt uh, in in that when you're that young. But what steps could we take to help them understand that you know these are these things aren't really going to affect your life? Yeah. Well, and the idea of encouraging them first, it's not so much as what you say to a young person, it's what you hear from them. Get them to talk about what it is that they're feeling, because it may be that, you know, it may seem like something trivial. It may seem like, you know, it's like, well, you know, that's really not important. And, you know, names don't hurt. It's like, no, names do hurt. Words hurt. But the biggest damage that it does, it's not so much what someone says, it's once that message gets in to their heads, it gets into their hearts, it gets into their spirits, that's where the damage is done. It's because once it comes in, and especially for young people, because, you know, children go through a stage where all they want to do is fit in. All they want to, they want to be able to, you know, nobody wants to be unique at that point. Everybody wants to fit in. And you know, the worst, worst punishment in many cultures around the world is to be shunned and to be rejected by your group. And, you know, I mean, in I growing up where, you know, you did not you did not talk about feelings, only girls were allowed to have feelings, and you know, and that made us weaker than everybody else. But the idea that encouraging people to talk about what they're feeling and then Say, okay, what do you want to do with it? What would help you? What is it that you would like to see? And sometimes like, well, I want to see that person, you know, not 
bother me or, you know, I don't want to have them, you know, pick on me. It's like, okay, so what do we need to do to make that happen? How can we make that happen? Because the idea that they can be able to learn how to solve their problems, you know, it's like, okay, this problem is going to happen, but once it reaches you, what is it that you want to do with it? And how do you want to, you know, to deal with it? Because, you know, it could be something, like I said, it could be something that would seem very minimal that for some reason hits that particular kid in a very hard way. And if they're told, well, you know, that doesn't matter. That wasn't a big deal. You know, why are you getting so upset over nothing? You know, it's not nothing. Let let them talk about it. Let people talk about it. And by encouraging kids to talk to somebody, it means that as they grow, they're not going to hold stuff inside of themselves. It will be their reflex to go, you know what? I'm having a problem. There's someone who I need to talk. I, you know, who can I talk to about it? Who can I go to, to encourage them to be able to go to their guidance counselors, to, you know, the teachers that they trust, to, you know, to older siblings and being able to find somebody that they can be able to communicate with, because it's not so much about the information they're given. It's about what they, how they can be empowered to be able to step up into their own authority. And it's through that, that they ultimately learn, oh, okay, well, that person I don't have to listen to. That person I don't have to, you know, because that comes with maturity, that comes with life experience. But when they're young, for them to be able to understand, I am not alone in this. Because often it's like, everybody's picking on you and you're alone. And, you know, and that scenario has been very common. And so when you're that, the odd man out, it makes it that much harder for you to reach out and say, hey, I need somebody to talk to about this. I need to get advice. I need somebody to listen to me. And by encouraging young people to do that, to talk about what is happening to them. And, you know, and sometimes they're threatened. Sometimes it's like, well, if you tell, you know, X, Y, Z is going to happen. And for them to be able to do that and the First thing, like if I'm dealing with somebody who's doing that, the first thing out of my mouth once when they stop talking, because I don't interrupt them, is to say, I am so proud of you. What you did was so tremendously hard. And I am so proud of you for what you did. I'm proud of you that you talked about it. And and that took a lot of guts. And it's that courage that you have that, you know, for you to talk about it, that same courage is something we can be able to help you use to to get through this. But you let them know how proud you are of them, how courageous they are, because it does take a lot of courage to say when something's wrong. And just to say, you know, it's like, you know what? We're, we, we are going to get through this, but you're the one in charge. You're the one, you get to decide what you want to do about this and to really help them problem solve on their own, because it really is the more empowered someone is, the less other people can affect them it can't be empowerment can't be given they have to learn it and and develop it from inside they can be helped to develop it to have that sense of themselves and who they are and how amazing they are and how how important they are you know they they they're not a nobody they're not what somebody else wants them to think so they, they know their own truth and and, and as for us streamers like we sometimes we get kids uh that come to us and and tell us like stuff that's going on in their lives it, it happens a lot jay 
Jay knows I get it in my stream. Uh, a lot of a lot of streamers that we that we uh, watch their streams uh, that are in our in our social circle. What can we do as streamers uh, to get the message across to kids like that that are, you know, they're they're in that position where they're they're being bullied, you know, because I've heard this on my stream before. But what what can we say? I mean, we're not their parents, right? Uh, yeah. But what can we say? Because obviously they're going to our streams. They're they're telling us about their problems on uh, in, in our in our streams. What can we do as streamers to what what words can we tell them to to help them and encourage them to go talk to their parents or or uh, or uh, you know? Yeah. Well, I would say probably the first thing is just to you know to listen. First thing is you know let them talk about it and then ask them what is what would you like to happen what do you want to happen so that way they can start figuring out because as soon as they figure out what they want to happen and they can start then it's like okay well how can this happen well a really good way for this happen is you know who is a grown-up you know ask them who is a grown-up in your life who you trust who is somebody who you know you know, maybe it's an older brother, maybe it's an aunt, maybe it's an uncle. Sometimes the parents might or might not be the best person to go to. And I say that, you know, as a parent, is that sometimes there may be someone else. There may be, you know, an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent um, who are able to, you know, be someone that that individual can talk to. They need to find somebody. So what I would recommend to you is really help them explore who it is that they can talk to, who is near them, who is in their lives that they can be able to feel safe with and start really cultivating and encouraging them. It's like, okay, well, this is someone you trust. You know, would you, how, how would you feel about talking to them about this? How would you feel about, you know, what would be a way that you would be able to feel comfortable? Who could you feel comfortable talking to? So being able to get them to connect with someone you know, that's, that's probably the best thing you can do, but let them, let them be able to sort of start to figure it out because often most people will not ask. It's like, Oh, what do you want to do? What would you like to happen? Because it's often about telling, you know, somebody it's like, okay, well, what you need to do is it's like, well, what do you want? What would you like? And just by them verbalizing it, by them saying it, maybe it's like, well, I just want them to stop picking on me. Okay, if that's what we want, let's figure out how that can happen. How do we, how do we make that happen? How do we get that, that result that you want? But by having them name what they want is very empowering for young people to say, because most people don't ask young people what they want. They tell them. Right. They don't ask them. Right. And, you know, for a lot of, you know, for, for growing up in the generation of children are seen and not heard, um, you know, it was we were not encouraged to talk. I, I was told that I did not get to have an opinion until I was 18. And, you know, when you're under 18, you don't get an opinion. You live in my house. You live by my rules. And you know, it was it was a different way. Young people have a different way with parents now. And, you know, I think that there's, there's definite places where social media can be very, very helpful. And there's definite places where social media can be very, very, um, very damaging. And 
the more empowered a person is in dealing with that, the more tools that they have to go, you know what, maybe this person's just an ass. Or to go, it's like, wow, is this something really valid for me? Because any, any, anything that comes in, the first question should be, is this true? Is this a part of my truth? If this person is saying this about me, is there any truth in it? And if you determine that there's no truth in it, and that means that it is not valid, that is their truth, it's not yours. As long as you understand it is not your truth, theirs, then we can be able to separate it. But, you know, and a lot of people have that hypersensitivity towards others. They, you know, they're empathic, which means you can literally feel what someone else is feeling as if it's your own feeling. And so when somebody who is that sensitive gets criticized, and that means there's two people criticizing them because they start criticizing themselves. They accept that other person's perspective because they're feeling it as if it's their own feeling. And that is probably one of the most damaging situations is because then at that point, it's, well, I deserve this. And that can be very hard to turn people around. And I noticed there's somebody in the chat saying, someone named Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got a couple questions. By the way, if you guys uh, have questions, please make sure you send them to Jacob. And he'll send it to us on the thing. Do we have any questions for, for Dr. Eileen? Well, the first, we do have one question from Jacob, but I just want to comment on the whole, that whole thing. Um, self-esteem and self-confidence are the two things that are always damaged by bullies because they are taken away from self. You mm -hmm. listen to what they say and it's no longer self-esteem. It's what they think compared to what you think of yourself. I learned that the hard way. I was bullied most of my life. So my self-esteem and self-confidence is garbage. But the only time I ever acted out was one day in high school, a kid in the lunchroom told me that my mother was a slut and I stood up, picked him up and slammed him against a locker. And that was it. That was it for him. Like, I mean, I dented the, the locker with his head, like everything. Like, he was done. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to me, I never fought back. I, I regret it, but I never fought back. Um, and it, it's, when it's when you, it penetrates your brain and it stops you from thinking of, of yourself as the best thing there is, is like my, the first friend of mine that took his life in high school. He was made fun of because me and him would talk about hockey every day, and he was literally bullied because he was such a hockey fan. Like he could name every Stanley Cup champion from the beginning. He could name All Star players from every team from any year. He was an obsessed fan, and there's nothing wrong with that. He was a sports fan, but he was made fun of for it because he was seen as an outsider, and he went home and took his father's gun and ended it yeah. strictly because he was made fun of for liking hockey. It, bullying takes what is the most important, which is yourself, your self-image, your self-esteem, and your self-image. And it turns it around and makes it their so their esteem, their image, and their confidence because you start believing everything they say to you, and it tears you down. I'm still trying to find some semblance of a self, yeah. whatever, and it's not always the easiest thing. And it's just my cousin was telling me that he was being bullied, and I'm like, I didn't really know how to handle it. I told him, you know. 
it, it's more important what you think about yourself than what other people think about you. He's like, but the bullies will not let up. I was like, you know what? Fine. If you don't do something about these bullies, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And my cousin's like, why? I'm like, you want to be bullied, so I'm bullying you. But the problem is I'm bullying you with love because I'm telling you if you don't act, you're going to wind up like me. So do something or I'm going to do something about it, and I'm gonna, you're not going to like it. The next day, he walked in, and he told his bullies to leave me the fuck alone and crack them. To this day, he was not bothered again. And he's like, I can't, you know, I understand you, you know, you said what you said. I'm like, yes, I did bully you, and that made me no better than him. But I came in a, I came through it in a loving place, not in a way to hurt you. I just wanted to, because I just wanted you to make an action, because if you didn't act, you would be doubting yourself for the rest of your life in any situation that was presented to you in that type of situation. So, granted, I screwed myself up by not acting acting back, but getting him to do it made a world of difference. No, well, I mean, it's, I'm sorry, it's not an exact science, and when you can be able to do what it is that, you know, that feels right in your heart. And, you know, it, it is a difficult situation to be in when you're dealing with somebody and knowing when that push needs to happen or, or whatever. But, you know, it sounds like you did the best that you knew how to do and it helped the situation. So good for you. Now, now, Doc, you know, today's the actual day for, for suicide prevention for the month of September. What could you say to people, um, you know, that are either going through that situation? And, you know, everybody in any part of their life, it, it could happen at any time. Like, you could feel like it's the end of the world. You could feel like it's, it's, there's, there's no hope. There, it's happened. I think it's happened to to everybody in their life, but what could we say to people uh, if that conversation was to come up that they're that they're seriously thinking about you know just just ending their life uh, to help them um, because it is it is something that's that's way too common now we we have a uh, it happens way too often where people just don't even bother talking. T- to the people and, and reaching out to them. And then these people just end up, you know, they end up dying from, from suicide. And then, then later they come back and say, Oh, you know, God, if I only, so what can we do? And what, how do we identify these, the, the actions of people that might be, you know, in that, in that process of thinking about uh, taking their own lives? Yeah. I mean, and, Really, there is, I would say that there is no one who at some point does not consider it, does not think about it. And, you know, I'm I'm myself included. And it is when when you're at that point, it's not so much that you don't want to live, it's you don't want to live the way you're living. And so I would say that really, if somebody comes in with a conversation like that, or with a thought like that, one thing you can ask them is, is it that you don't want to live or you don't want to live like you're living? And by them say, you know, if they say, it's like, you know what, I, I identify, they can identify a situation. What is the situation that is inspiring the thought? Because it's not a thought 
that under normal circumstances people would have, even though everybody has it at some point, it usually takes a set of circumstances to get them there. You know, they didn't just wake up and decide, you know, unless now, unless there are certain things, there are certain medications that can trigger that, you know, they, it affects the brain chemistry to the point where it will actually trigger people to do that. Oddly enough, antidepressants can do it. One of the main side effects is the desire to kill yourself. And the idea that, okay, yeah, you know, cause the, then it becomes a question of, okay, what is the triggering action or the impulse? Is it that they may be dealing with a chemical imbalance? They may be dealing with, um, there may be an issue of addiction. It may be an issue of abuse. It may be that they've fallen in love and they had their heart broken. You know, it may be that their favorite team lost. So figuring out, helping that person figure out why they want to do that or what is it that they want to do. So, you know, really start asking questions. It's like, well, if you feel this way, can you tell me why or what has happened to make you feel this way? Um, what is it in your life that has changed? Did you always feel this way? Did you always want to take your life? And most people will say no. Okay, so what's changed? What's different in your life? What is this other thing that has happened? And by getting them to open up, by getting them to peel back those layers themselves, by you asking the questions, you know, is it that you don't want to live or you just don't want to live like you are living? What is it about your life that is, you know, is the problem? Because is it is it the whole life? People often usually will say it's not their whole life. It's something in particular. So by asking questions, get them to start studying it. Because when you ask them the questions, they're having to actually create the answers. Because deep down, the vast majority of the people don't want to. Because usually if somebody is saying it, they are less likely to take that action than somebody who doesn't. Often it's the people who will leave a note or everybody else. And it may be somebody who suddenly seems very calm and very peaceful because they've made a decision. You know, often when people are in that state, they're very calm. It's not a panic thing. If And if they're bringing it up with somebody, the idea is I, I need somebody else in this conversation because if I'm by myself, something bad could happen. So they want to involve somebody else. So have them, get them to study it, you know, encourage them about finding people who they can talk to, somebody who they can trust. And maybe you're the one they can trust. Maybe they're telling you that because you're the one that they can trust, which means, you know, it's like, okay, we can start from there, but then you encourage them. It's like, we need more people and on this, we need we need more than just this. We need someone who's close enough to you who can check on you, someone who's there. Who is it that can be there? But you know, really getting them to identify exactly why they have this feeling and what has changed in their life that that brought this about. And maybe this has been a long-term thing. Maybe it's like, well, I've been getting picked on my whole life. Okay, but what was this? What was it that pushed you over the top and started getting you to think about this? Because most people will instinctively want to live. They just don't see a way out of the problem that is causing them the pain. They want out of pain. So by being able to say, okay, 
you are in pain. I am so sorry you're in this pain. I am so sorry you're hurting. You know, let's talk about what is hurting you and what is bringing you to this thought and why now? Because sometimes there could be timing. Maybe it's the anniversary of the death of a loved one. Or maybe it's, you know, there's a lot of things that can be a part of, of why they're where they're at. But being able to help them start to walk their own way out of it and to say, okay, you know, how long have you felt this way? And that usually, if you can't think of anything else to say, you can say, how long have you felt this way? And that will get the conversation going, you know, because it's, it, it's hard to have the answers. And that's why I feel it's, it, if, We, I think we just lost her. We just lost her audio. audio. Yeah, we lost her audio. You there, Doc? Oh, I'm here. Okay, audio went out for a second. Lost audio for a little bit. All right. Um, yeah, we lost the audio. You there? Oh, I'm here. here. Okay, she's there. Okay. Uh, um, we're gonna. I know. Lose. I know. As far as. Go ahead, Jay. As far as events, like you know, obviously everybody knows tomorrow is 19 years since 9/11. And yeah. being in New York, that is, you know, it was a major thing for me. I mean, I, my mother worked in the World Trade oh, Center. Wow. Thankfully, didn't go to work that day. Uh, I grew up in the World Trade Center. I was there, I don't even know how many times throughout my life. So I actually wound up watching the second plane hitting the tower in person because I was across the, uh, across the Hudson watching it. Um, oh, my God. So it's it's very around this time is very I don't, I don't want to say thin ice for me because like the littlest thing could just set me off and you know it's flashbacks to that day of you know having to tell my mother because she at the time didn't know what was going on so you know between that and hearing stories from people that were inside it at the time that did get out before everything really happened and um Obviously, what you've seen on TV, um, going to the memorial in the museum several times already. It's the little things that are like, I when I went to the museum for the first time, I was I was scared to go forever because I didn't know what it would do, and it took me. I think it was two years after it was open. I think it was two years after it was open to go to the museum and, um. But I was surprised that all the exhibits that they had and everything, I was okay until I was leaving. And the exhibit that got me was a glass window. Because I remember going there all the time and I would lean my forehead against the window and look down and see all the cars looking like micro machines and all the people walking around looking like little dots. And it was just something I always did. I always just used to lean up and look down and, just seeing that window is what made me completely lose it compared to you know, all the rubble, the, the cross beams that were there, the crushed fire engines and ambulances, all the you know mem mementos of all the people that were never found or that were lost after. And it, like I, one of my mother's friends at the time who was working that day, when the first plane hit, she started evacuating right away. She wasn't playing around. She was like, I'm out of here. And yeah. 
on the way, she said on the way down the stairs, there was an announcement over the loudspeaker that everything was okay. Go back to work. Mm. So a lot of people did and a lot of people didn't. So she was one of the ones that didn't. She made it out. My mother's best friend at the time went back to work. She was never found. I'm sorry. So it's, it's very surreal to know the skyline that I knew growing up, growing up and going over down in the same place and looking across and seeing the freedom tower and just this massive opening to where those towers used to be. Even though it's been 19 years, I still expect to drive down there and see those twin towers there. You know, I expect yeah. to get off the ferry and right away I would look up and see the Twin Towers. I'd be like, you know, feel like I'm going to fall over because I'm dizzy from the height. And I know that where my mother worked was the 97th floor of Tower 2. And where that plane hit the Tower 2, if she had gone to work that day, there would have been a slim chance of her getting out if she had stayed. So wow. it was... But we did lose a lot of friends. I did, like I said, I did see a lot of things that happened on TV. And the ultimate, I guess, dilemma that's in my head with thinking of everything is the people that jumped. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the, the, how do you make that decision? Like, you know, you know there's no way you're going to get out. Do you want to sit there and, and suffer a horrible death by either being crushed or burned? Or would you take, take the plunge? You know, I, I couldn't even imagine being stuck in a situation like that and what logic I would have to use to want to jump out any of those windows in, the, in those towers, especially from what I saw looking down all the times when I was there. So it's just, it's a completely surreal thing thinking that it was, it's already been 19 years since that happened. And like I said, I was bullied a lot in high school and, you know, you always thought it's always, oh, you know, I'm getting out of this school. The next one will be better. You know, it, it won't be as bad. And then you go to the next school and it's even worse, but you're still the mentality. Oh, it's not going to be so bad. The next school is going to be better. Well, unfortunately at the time, high school was it for me because I wasn't going straight into college. High school was it for me. So I was like, great, I'm out of here. I don't have to worry about nothing. Two months after I graduated when 9-11 happened. Oh, and I, I took it. I was like, okay, maybe I'm not meant to be happy. You know, something's going on here. It's a little, you know, a little too much of a coincidence that, you know, when I finally get away from one thing, now this happens. So yeah. bottom line is with everything going on, say – if you're with your loved ones, tell them you love them. If you don't talk to your loved ones that much, call them and let them know you love them. Let them know you're thinking about them because you never know when you're going to lose them. Because look at how many families went to sleep on this exact night 19 years ago and had their full family intact, had their firefighter father here, their firefighter, their policeman father here, the police, the policeman mother here, you know, part authority mother here, whatever had somebody flying home that they hadn't seen in a month because they were out on business, somebody flying home to see them for the first time. And however, never happened. Mm -hmm. So just don't take anything for granted and always, always, always tell somebody you love them, whether it's a friend, a family or whatever. And reasons like that is why I say, if you are my friend, I consider you my family because I will literally 
show you. It may not be the way every the conventional way everybody else shows you that they care. You know, I make like I go up to Narrow. I'm like, you know, fuck you, Narrow. And he knows I'm not being serious. I'm used to it. <laughs> it's just you know, it's the, the things you do to let people know that you care, and like just, it could be literally anything. It's just something you have to do to literally just tell any friend or family member that you have right now. Just tell them you love them. And if there's some petty bullshit going on that's causing you to fight with them, just find a way to end it. It's not worth it. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna split this up into two segments. We'll be back in 30 seconds because I got to split this up into two different parts with Dr. Arlene. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 